everyone. Welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. This is episode 11, and I'm your host, Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. So we have a new name. Yes, we have a new name. And we're both a little bit, honestly, we're both feeling a little bit blue right now because we had to change the name. Yeah, we're bummed. I'm I'm bummed and I'm frustrated. Same. I guess before we get into it, should we tell people what happened? happened? Yeah. So there is another Young Adulting podcast. And when we researched ideas and names for for this podcast, we basically looked at a few different things. We wanted to see if we could get the Instagram handle. We wanted to see if we could get the URL. And we were able to. um, And this other podcast wasn't even on our radar. Yeah, so probably at like the 11th hour when we were getting ready to upload our podcast to iTunes, we noticed them and we figured that Apple would reject our podcast if there was anything wrong with two podcasts having the same name. We'd already plunked down money on our branding. We'd already bought the URL, set up our website, everything like that. So we left it to iTunes and when we got approved, we figured hey, this must be fine. There's there's actually a bunch of podcasts in the iTunes store that have the same name. Yeah, like J-Train. There's like 10 of those. Yeah, and then there's a bunch of podcasts that are called Outside of the Box. Like there's so many examples. So I don't know. I was just like, oh, this just must be a thing. It's not a big deal. Um, but apparently it was. So we got a cease and desist. Yep. And um, Apple was threatening to take down our content. And we so. got in kind of like... I don't know the exact right word to use, but like a spat with a little the bit hosts. of a legal battle. Yeah, the host of the other podcast, which is super frustrating. I mean, first of all, because we started this to create a community and to create content, like not to be bogged down in like I've talked to a bunch of lawyers and yeah, like this is not what we signed up for. <laughs> this was supposed to be our fun project. If anyone's keeping track, I think we're up to having made forty dollars from this, of yeah. which we've invested all of that into snacks. So yeah. it's not like a it's not quite a business yet. So it's frustrating that to go through all of this headache of like fighting with Apple, fighting with this other podcast, and consulting so, with lawyers, consulting with lawyers. So. We we kind of just got to the point where the easiest way to just, like, keep doing what we're doing is to change the name. So we are now Bad on Paper, which I, I have to say I really love the new name. I do, too. I'm feeling sad, but so it might not be coming across well, but I, I think it's a really fun name. Yeah. So we're Bad on Paper. We uh, changed our Instagram handle. If you were following us before, you're still following us. But for anyone who isn't, we're Bad on Paper Podcast. You can now email us on bad, bad on paper podcast at gmail.com. And we have our new website, bad on paper podcast.com. Yeah. So it's basically all the same and same colors, everything. It's just a new name. And it's still us. It's still us. And we're still here. And Grace is sad, but she's going to get happier through the episode. We have chocolate. So that helps. We have chocolate. I'm eating my feelings. And honestly, one of the things that has made this better has been the support that we've gotten from all of our listeners in our Facebook group and through DMs and everywhere on the internet. And the fact that everyone's like, this sucks, I'm with you and that they want to keep listening and they, 
we even asked like a small group of people to help us pick our new name from like a selection of final. I don't know, like the community that we have has made me feel a little bit better about this whole shitty ordeal. Yeah, it sucks. It was not what I wanted to come home from vacation to deal with. It was so zen after the yoga retreat. I I know. There's no putting a good face on it. Like, it sucks. No, it totally sucks. But we're excited about our new name. We hope you're excited about it, too. If you know us in real life, please give us a hug when you see us. Yes, we need hugs. We need hugs. We're sad. Okay, we, we're sounding really depressing. So let's talk about the highs of the week. Okay, Becca, Grace. what was the best part of your week? Oh, I was going to tell you to go first. Oh, I can go first. Yeah, tell me. So my high was Cuba. Oh, my God, you guys, Cuba was amazing. There's been a whole bunch of content on my blog about it, and I think today I have um, a guide of how to go to Cuba. But it's really something I feel strongly that everyone should try and do. It's just like such a magical place. It's just kind of the city of contrast where there's so much beauty, but there's also so much decay. And you just, I left like realizing like how lucky I am and how much we have in America that we take for granted. But I also like had amazing drinks and amazing nights out and amazing food and met the most incredible people. I also did yoga twice a day and went out dancing and drinking every single night. Wait, tell me about the yoga retreat part of it. Was it like all day, every day or? No, it was so, um, in order to go to Cuba, like I think it's at least half of your activities have to be something, um, towards qualifying for your visa. So our, we had an educational visa. Oh, okay. So we had to be doing educational activities. So we had morning yoga classes and evening yoga classes. That's still like three hours of yoga a day, but, um, it was a lot of yoga, but also a ton of sightseeing, a ton of, um, different educational things. We saw dance performances and we had meetings with different people from Cuba Um, so it was like really wonderful because we just learned so much on top of doing all that yoga and our instructor is amazing. I can't say enough good things about her on the yoga side of it. You have your new, like stupid feet up thing. Did you get to do, did you do an inversion? I did. I can do headstand (gasps) unassisted now. Yeah. Practicing it twice a day. I still love my feet up because that's just fun. Like, and you can, I can stay in the feet up for like a minute. Whereas when I do a headstand on my own, it's only for like 10 seconds. Are you the most sore after doing so much yoga? No. Um, I was really sore for the first couple of days. And also Heather Lilliston, she's the instructor that led it, is a is certified in teaching um, the class by Taryn Toomey. Oh, I love the class. Do you know? I, I hate the class, but it was so hard. We Wait, did that a couple of times too. The last time I went to the class, I was next to Emma Stone and I was freaking out the whole time. I remember time. that. I remember. I, was, I didn't know it was that. I was freaking out because the mats were so close and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to accidentally kick Emma Stone in the head and I'm, I'm going to be mortified. That is hilarious. Yeah. So that made me really sore. Like my calves were like a nightmare. Yeah. But all the yoga helped stretch and like we worked really hard, but we also like danced a lot and had a lot of fun too. That's amazing. Do you think that there are more yoga retreats in your future? Oh, absolutely. I'm signed up for one in Nicaragua in October and I'm thinking about doing one in the Hamptons this summer. So one of my goals on my work hiatus is that I want to go to a yoga class because I... I have like a mental block against yoga. Take Sky Ting with me. It's I'll go to Sky Ting with you. I love it. I I don't 
feel like yoga is a very good workout, so I don't think it counts towards my oh, no, it weekly does. workouts usually. Especially if you do like power yoga at Equinox, it's so hard. That's true. But yeah, so I, I have like a block where I just don't feel like yoga is a very good workout, but now that I have all this free time, like I can, yeah. I can do two-a-days. So yeah, I'll come to Sky Tang with you. I want to actually go to yoga without having a bias against it and it's, like see I if think I like it. Hard. But I also like really push myself to like get into each posture and all of that. Well, we'll go to, we'll go to yoga together and report back. Perfect. Becca, what was your high? So my high is that this is my first week with no job. It's my first week of fun employment. I am just a lady of leisure right now. I have not set an alarm clock. I've worked out in the morning every day, except for yesterday when I accidentally slept through my workout class because I slept till 11 a.m., I am so jealous. That sounds amazing. I've been, oh my God, I've read so much. I've been just like jaunting around the city. I went out to lunch with a friend on on Tuesday and we went to Mary's Fish Camp in the West Village and got lobster rolls. Like I'm just having a grand old time. This is great. I've been watching your Instagram stories and having all of the jealousy. It's also been really nice that I don't have any guilt about being lazy because usually if I take a full weekend and I'm just like a shut in and I'm really lazy, I feel guilty because I have all these errands that I have to run. I have all these things I need to do. But now, I mean, I don't have to go to work during the week, so I'll just do it another time. So I'm feeling pretty zen. I'm really liking fun employment so far. Um, If anyone's new or is like not caught up, I left my job after three years and I'm taking a work-free seven weeks. So I'm spending three weeks in New York City just bumming around. And then Grace and I are going to Asia for a while. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, And then I'm staying there longer than she is. So I'll be there for, I think, probably four full weeks. And so I just want to be zen and tan and worldly. I'm excited. It's going really well so far. That is amazing. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. What about our lows? Other than the obvious podcast rename debacle, which, oh, the branding, redoing the branding. Oh my God, it's going to kill me. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it anymore. I know. We've exchanged a lot of like very angry texts and we had a, we had a conference call this morning to figure everything out before we recorded today. It's, oh, it has been, it's definitely like one of my lows. Yes. I would say my low outside of that is just that when you get back from a trip like that where you're totally off the grid, I haven't been, you know, without Wi-Fi in so long. And I did have, I did check in on email and things every day just to like basically delete emails and like flag things that I needed to attend to when I got back. But something happens to you when you really go off the grid and it's a good thing because I really needed it. I haven't been without the internet in like probably 10 years, but it has made me have a really hard time getting back into the swing of things and like plugging back in. I still haven't turned DMs back on, on my Instagram account because I go onto the internet and I just feel so overwhelmed and inundated by things. So I'm slowly easing back into technology and like being plugged in, but it's hard. I kind of want to like stay a little bit more off the grid than I usually am. I think that's good to be a little off the grid. I feel 
I don't know. We've talked about this in past episodes where sometimes I think social media, like I just feel really overstimulated where I can't focus on anything. So totally, it's nice to have some, some focus back. Yeah. And the good news is I think we're not going to be quite so off the grid when we're in Asia, but you know, anytime you travel internationally, you, you don't have like the same amount of data that you usually have. So oh, I had another data plan coming up even internationally. Mm-hmm. I have travel pass with Verizon. Oh, I have AT&T. It's $10 a day to have your same plan. Hmm. I have AT&T and it's like not as good. But you don't have to work when we're in Asia. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, Becca, tell me about your low. My low, I'm feeling pretty high other than this renamed buckle. But um, my low is that I have so many errands to run. I have just been putting things off where I'm like, oh, I'll do it once I'm done with my job. And I made this list and I have like this monstrous list of stupid things, like not anything that's like hard or like really stressful, but just all of these little things that I need to do. So I feel like I've just been like, I've been trying to make a list and like dividing them up into every day. But I'm like, oh, geez, like I, I actually do have to do things like I'm going away tomorrow um, to my college reunion. So, you know, have to pack and like do laundry and get ready, like stupid things. But I'm just like, oh, it's yeah, really, it really adds up. It's really infringing on my lady of leisure lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, all in all, can't complain feeling so lucky that I get to take three weeks off or actually seven weeks off. But part of that's traveling to just like mentally recuperate from being in like a really um stressful job with no break yeah you went I mean she went straight from Bala Bar which is was a startup to Lola another startup and that is startups take over your life yeah I took a long weekend in between and even it took me probably two it probably wasn't until Lola had been up and running for two years that I was able to actually take a real vacation, like go somewhere for a week and be like, call me if anything's on fire, but you know, otherwise I'm not checking in and, and kind of get off email. So yeah, it was an intense, it was an intense ride. I'm, I need a little bit of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into this week's questions and we have some, we have kind of a random assortment of questions, but they're really good ones. Um, Wanted to just ask everyone if be you real desperate. Be real desperate. If you haven't already, can you leave us a rating in the iTunes store? Because it really helps. And now we really need it because now we have to build up all new brand awareness. Yeah, because we have no name recognition anymore. <laughs> Nobody knows who we are. So please leave us a rating. If you've been loving this podcast and you haven't yet, share it on your story. Tell a friend. Tell everyone. Tell everyone. And bad on paper. I'm still getting used to saying it. Me too. It's kind of a tongue twister. Yeah. Bad on paper podcast. Bad on paper podcast. Bad on paper podcast. (laughs) Um, And send us your questions to badonpaperpodcast at gmail.com and tell us the things that you want advice on. I've been loving, we've been getting so many really detailed questions, which are my favorite. Those are my favorite too. Give us a lot of context. Tell us what's going on. And we would love to answer your questions on a future podcast. Yeah. And again, we'll keep you anonymous if you if you want us to. Like, don't feel like you have to use your name. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it. Okay. So the first one is from Mora on Instagram. And this is just a simple one. She would love to hear more about our self-care routines. Oh, I love self-care. I know. I, I'm a very self-care person. 
Yeah, I read a really good post today, actually, on Meg Byram's blog about how much time self-care actually takes. And it was funny because if you factor in eight hours of sleeping and then, like, all the other things, it was another four hours. So it's like half of your time is kind of spent in self-care. But I don't think I spend four hours a day on self-care. No, but when you think about your workouts, like... Um, the things that I didn't think of as self-care, they add up. Hmm. Well, tell us, tell me about your self-care routine. Like go down the list of like, what are the things that you do to take care of yourself? What are the most important things? Okay. So the first one is yoga. I try and do a yoga class every day. I also try and get in like 30 to 40 minutes of cardio, like three days a week, just to, you know, keep the metabolism going and burn off stress. I think I'm going to go for a run after this podcast, actually, to run away from the the sadness of losing our podcast name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So exercise is a must. I would say meditation. I try and meditate, like do a 10-minute meditation in the morning, but also a 10 to 15-minute meditation before bedtime to help me fall asleep. Um, I'm a big face mask person. If I'm home, like, why not do a face mask? Wait, what's your favorite face mask? Well, I like to kind of do two different things. So I always like to do something that's like either deeply exfoliating or deep cleaning. Like the Tata Harper resurfacing mask is my all-time favorite mask. Oh, that's a good one. Um, And then I like to do something that's super, super um, hydrating to kind of soothe it. Oh, you double mask. Yeah, yeah. After you do like something exfoliating or deep cleansing, I think it's really good to do something that hydrates. So I like a good moisture mask. And Right now, my favorite moisturizing masks would probably be the Clark's Botanicals Moisture Mask, um, the Summer Fridays Mask, Mm -hmm. or my most luxurious mask, which is the Sicily Black Rose Mask. Ooh. You like mostly (laughs) cream masks. I... I like a sheet mask. It's so much easier. I do like, the, the, well, if you want a sheet mask, the SK2 sheet mask is like the best sheet mask in the world. Oh, I haven't tried that. It's so expensive and it I is. haven't. It's $15 for one. I know. I haven't, I haven't gotten up the, yeah. the ritziness. I to have buy one I can it, give yeah. you because oh. you know, you're one of my best friends. I can Thank share. Thank you. I really like, um, I'm still talking about my self-care routine. I was going to tell you a face mask I like. Okay. What's your face mask? Well, I really like these ones. I get them on Soko Glam, which is a Korean beauty website. And oh, you, I like that You site. know they're good because they have bling bling in the name. Ooh. It's called Manifat Bling Bling, and there's like four different kinds. So there's like a hydrating mask. There's like a rose mask. But I really like them because they're the hydrogel one, so it's not yeah. just the paper and they stay on much better. Oh, I love when they, they stay on. they to your face. And they're yeah. cheap. They're probably like $4.00 a piece and they actually sell them at Bloomingdale's now. So I get them in person at the Soho Bloomingdale's. Oh, perfect. Anyway, I really like those masks. Yeah. I love a sheet mask too. I just think it's sometimes nice to just put it on and then take it off with a washcloth. Mm -hmm. What else do you do for self-care? I love a bath. I probably take a bath like almost every day. I will, if I'm like dirty or like need like if I've just worked out, I'll take a shower and like wash my hair and do all that stuff. And then I'll run a bath and get in the tub. So it's like, this is, I mean, this is a lot of water time. Um, <laughs> but I do think like, you, it's kind of gross. Like, I don't love the idea of like laying in my like tub full of dirty water. So yeah. ideally it's nice to get clean before the bath, but sometimes I just hop in the tub for no reason. And I mean, my favorite is to just sit in the tub. Like I'll light a candle. I'll make a big, big mason jar full of water, maybe some tea, 
And then I'll sit with a book or a magazine. And that's kind of just like, and I and keep the phone in the other room. Yeah. That's my favorite. And then also, I think the last thing is, is like, I've been really trying to do this. I haven't done it since getting back from Cuba because I've just had a lot of work and like a lot of distractions. But if I can be in bed, in my bed at 10, like in my pajamas, maybe with like an overnight mask on my face, maybe it's like a layer of face oil um, with a book. And it is the most luxurious thing to just read for an hour before bedtime. Like I love that. Yeah. So I'd say that's, that's my routine, like masks, baths, early bedtime. I'm, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. What about you? I think a lot of my self-care routine is maybe a little vaguer than yours. So sleep is my biggest one. I am a nightmare if I don't get enough sleep. I, I'm also, I need enough time in the morning to wake up. Like I do not become a person the minute I get out of bed. Same. So if I don't have like an hour or an hour and a half to sit and have my coffee and to like get into the day, I'm a wreck. Yeah. So when I had a job, even though I didn't have to be there until 9.30, I would still get up at 7.30 so that I had an hour and a half to like shower, get ready, sit, become a person before I had to leave. And I think that's actually huge for me is like giving myself enough time to do things because otherwise I get stressed about being late and like just like running from one thing to another. So I think like sleep, but also like giving myself enough time in the morning is big, piece of my self-care um also my gravity blanket like I sleep with it most nights and it first of all is really relaxing and then second of all it helps me sleep much more soundly so I can't sleep with it on but it makes me the happiest like to curl up under it watching tv I'll be honest that since it's been hot in New York I kick it off halfway through the night most nights it's it's so heavy hot but Oh, I really do like sleeping with it on. So then I think the other thing in my self-care that I'm probably less good about is exercise, where if I have a really busy week, usually workouts are one of the first things to go. But trying to get to a couple of Soul Cycle classes and a couple of Pilates classes every week, you know, ideally like working out four times a week is is like so good for my mental health. Yeah. And it it makes me feel terrible. I say this all the time in real life. I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast before, but like SoulCycle is expensive for exercise, but cheap for therapy. And I leave there feeling so much better. So to me, it's, it's worth it. It is good therapy. Like I just, I get something out. Like there's something really cathartic about it. So I feel, I feel a little silly paying so much money to work out, but I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. And then the other thing that I think is a big piece of my self-care is leaving the city. Like I need to yeah. go on a trip ideally once a quarter and at least twice a year go somewhere with the express purpose of doing nothing. So like even if it's just a long weekend, either going to my parents' house in Florida or going on a girls' weekend and just like not having a ton of running around and just like relaxing, getting mm-hmm. a massage. Like I don't know, there's something about just getting a change of scenery that I think really refreshes me in a way that even just having a staycation doesn't. Yeah, I agree with you there. The other thing is, is like alone time. Like I, Oh my God. Yes. I mean, we've talked about this before where I think I'm an extroverted person, but the way that I recharge is through being alone. 
So, you know, having a Friday night and if I've had a really busy week or, you know, taking a Sunday to do nothing and just like reading a whole book in one day. That's like just the biggest like, luxury. Yeah. Just like not having plans, I think is another big piece of my self-care. And I, I mean, I try not to do this because it's terrible, but like if I need to like canceling on plans, because I think sometimes I'm my own worst enemy where I over, I overbook myself and then it causes me stress that could have been avoided. So you know, if it comes down to it and I'm like, wow, I've been out every night this week, like canceling Friday plans and being like, I need to stay in for myself tonight. Yeah. Like, I think that's, it's selfish, but I think it's also self-care. I agree. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that covers it. I think so. I'm sure that there's other things that I do too. I definitely on my calendar, I think that this is, I mean, we talked about working out, but I schedule me time and I schedule workouts. I have, I don't like have. Like I blocked last night off. Like it was just a grace on my calendar. Oh, I have a very OCD calendar system. My self-care is not made it on there, but like, oh, I'm sure we'll talk it. about it at some point. My, my calendar system is very color coded. It is very OCD. Ooh, I want to hear about yeah, it. Yeah. We'll talk about it another time. Okay. It's probably the opposite of self-care. <laughs> It like probably adds more stress. I know self-punishment. Oh my God. So let's move on to our next question. Okay. So Kristen on Instagram wrote, how do you two react to and move forward from disappointment? This feels very relevant for today. It actually does. Maybe we we need your advice. So funny. Yeah. I'm thinking primarily professional, but feel free to take it however you want. I'm a type A perfectionist and I struggle when I don't get the interview, the job offer, get constructive, aka negative feedback, etc. Still working on it and would love to hear your thoughts. Okay. Disappointment is hard. Disappointment is hard. But you can I, learn a lot from it. I don't think that I am an expert at dealing gracefully with disappointment. I am not either. I'm now self-employed, so I have no bosses yelling at me. So I would say I have two things to say here. I do not know that this is actually in any way helpful, but I think one key to me is complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Like we just did to you guys. Sorry guys. I can be a complainy person sometimes, but I think if I have a real disappointment, like I need to bend somebody's ear about it and have somebody usually like a girlfriend or even like my a group text of my best friends just all commiserate with me. Like I just need to get it out of my system and have somebody tell me that I'm not crazy yeah. and just empathize with me. Like I think complaining is one of the it first does. things like I having need to girlfriends do. to talk to about this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And the bigger it is like, you know, I guess you work your way up the food chain where it's like, if it's a little thing, you complain to the group text. Like if it's a medium thing, you like tell somebody in person. Like if it's a big thing, it's like, we're having a night, like we're drinking wine and we're sitting on the couch and you're going to like, listen to me complain about this. Yeah. I think we've had a few of those with your, with your job situation. For sure. Like I, I don't know if it's healthy, but like Something about me, like, in order to get over something, I need to complain about it and be told that, like, my my reaction is valid. Yes. Yeah. So that's one thing. I think the other thing, um, so there's this book called Radical Candor by, ooh, one sec, we're going to edit out this awkward pause. So there's this book called Radical Candor by Kim Scott, and it's a, it's a business book, like, it's a management book, and in it, she makes the case that you should be 
deeply honest with people that you work with. And I think thinking of it from that point of view where, where feedback that you're getting, even if it's negative, is constructive, is like a good mind shift to make you a better employee and also to make you a better boss. So I think just reading this book in general really opened me up to more professional feedback that I might have taken the wrong way previously. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you have a asshole boss who's just like giving you unconstructive feedback, that's a whole separate thing. But a lot of times, like when you get your performance review or when somebody mentions something, like it's coming from a probably a good place that you need to hear it, even if you don't want to hear it. So I would definitely recommend this book. It's it's probably my favorite management book I've ever read. I think that's really great. Um, I really, I really, really value negative feedback. Like as long as it's phrased constructively, like whether it's, you know, sometimes a reader will send me an email with something that they're concerned about or frustrated by, or, um, my site designer is constantly poking holes in my site, but someone once told me that like the people you should keep around are the ones that poke holes in everything. Um, because they're the ones you're going to learn the most from. And totally. that's how you're going to be better. So if you are a perfectionist, which I think both of us are as well, it is only going to benefit you. Because if you're just around people who are patting your head and telling you how great you are, you're never going to improve and you're never going to get better. Yeah. No, that's, I totally agree with that. And like, I know with our podcast, like I really value when people send us a note and, you know, challenge us on, you know, like when we talked about last week, the format of the book episodes, like sometimes it's really hard because we're having a conversation with each other and we're kind of just talking into the void, but nobody's giving us feedback. So I really value it when people write to us and tell us what they're thinking, positive or negative, like just having a reaction as opposed to just like assuming that everything's great. I yeah, it's helpful. Totally. So I think that's our advice maybe we need some advice on how to deal with disappointment because like we're not doing great today. Maybe we need to drink some wine and complain. I would also say that I do something physical. Like that helps me a lot. Like running, like I'm not the fastest runner, but like honestly, even like sprinting things out on the treadmill for like two minutes, like, I mean, I'll literally spend the rest of the time walking, but like that like five minute burst where I'm just like going as fast as I can will really help me take like a kickboxing class. Like, no, not kickboxing, like real boxing where you actually yeah. like get to punch and hit a bag. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. And then self-care, self-care always. But I think talking to a friend and whining helps and wine definitely <laughs> helps and being active. Those are all really good things. But also knowing when to just really appreciate that someone's given you negative feedback because negative feedback is hard to give. Yes. So if they're giving it to you, it, it's a gift. Yeah. All right, should we move on to our final question? Yes. Okay, so Grace, this one is mostly for you. Yes. So somebody anonymously wrote to us on email after you mentioned this in a previous episode. So they said, Grace, you mentioned that you dealt with credit card debt as a 20-something a couple episodes back. I'm 25 and have also built up credit card debt, mainly from necessary things like car repairs, rent deposits, and so on, because I've not been able to get any headway with my savings account. But let's be real, I also use my credit card for unnecessary clothing, beauty, products, food, trip purchases. I have a full-time job and no student loans, but it's all those day-to-day purchases that have slowly added up. 
I've started to get more serious about this and I've read a couple of books slash articles about how to get rid of credit card spending, but I'd love to get your take on what worked for you and how you maintained a better financial position. Okay. So keep in mind, I am in no means an expert. And like, if my parents listen to this podcast, they're just going to be like, Oh, that's our daughter. She doesn't know what she's doing. But I did manage to pay off my credit cards. And at one point, I think I had like $10,000 of credit card debt, which is really bad. Um, Living within your means is the first thing. Like really like thinking about it and, you know, taking out, say, like whatever it is that you know you can budget every month and having that come directly out of your bank account and go towards your credit card. So I think at one point I had like $250 of every paycheck was going straight to my credit card. Like it just came out the day that we got paid. Yeah. So that helped. So all of those things that you kind of reward yourself, you know, when you've had a shitty day and just like want to treat yourself, cut those things out. So it's the coffees, the lattes, the manicures, the like $30 earrings that are like really cute, but you probably have like 10 pairs of earrings that look just like them. All of those little things like cut them out. Those things add up. They like add up a latte a day time. is, you know, if you spend $5 on a latte times five days a week for a work week, that's 25 bucks a week. That's a hundred dollars a month. Like that it adds up. Yeah. So I'd say that's really important. Um, you're not going to like this one. And mine was a different story. I had this side hustle on my blog that I loved and my blog started to make money. But I would say if you can like get a second job, like I have friends who wait tables at night because they're in debt and they're paying. My friend in Boston does this and mm-hmm. she works a day job and also works at a restaurant. And yeah, you know what? It's not ideal, but you're going to be so much better off when you're out of debt and like not dealing with that. Mine was more that I was, it was a passion project and what have you. So, but it was still, I would take on sponsored content so that I could pay my bills off. But look, when I met Grace, she had a full-time job and then was going home and working on her blog for six or eight hours. Like she was pulling double duty. Like it was a lot of work, even if it was a passion project. Yeah, it was a lot of work. So I would say if you can, like, I know it sucks. Like I'm all for just like, and having a nice life. But if you got yourself into this mess, like the quickest way to dig out is to get another job and to kind of, um, work extra to just get, get through because every dollar on your credit card is just accruing more and more interest. So the quicker you can pay it off, the better. One other thing that I'm kind of obsessed with, I have this app, it's called digit and Basically, the simplest way that I can explain it is that it steals small amounts of money from your checking account. So you set a goal and I use it for things in the future that I need to save up for. Like I have uh, one account for our trip to Asia. I have another account for my friend's wedding that I know there's going to be a lot of expenses for. And basically, it'll take a little bit of money every few days from your account. So maybe like five or ten dollars. But over time, that also adds up. So if you're having trouble saving up for you know, like preparing for future expenses or even just like setting one for your monthly credit card bill. Like I don't really notice when it steals five or $10 out of my checking account at a time versus like being like, okay, I need to, you know, all of a sudden plop down $500 for something. So I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's like digit digit. Yeah. I'm stealing money from myself. The one thing that I hate is that it costs $3 a month after like there's like a 60 day trial or something. So I feel a little stupid paying $3 a month to save money, but I figure that I'm saving way more than $3 a month. So it evens out, but I'm, I'm like pretty obsessed with it. 
That's that's cool. I have to check that out. Yeah. I also made one for like clothes for like knowing that I would want to at some point buy summer clothes. So instead of like hitting my savings, I could instead like just save up some money that I didn't miss and then like have that money ready to buy stuff. Does it go into separate bank accounts? Like what does it go into? Yeah. The app has like its own insured savings account. So it just like goes into there and then you can transfer it back to your bank whenever you want it. I love that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I really like it. It's been really cool. Cool. So that's our advice, but um, should we maybe get into what our obsessions are for this week? Yes. Let's talk about obsessions. Becca, what is yours? Okay. So um, we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but everyone in my real life hears about this all the time. So I am, I'm like pretty self-conscious about my hair. Like my hair is just like not that thick. It doesn't air dry nicely. Like, I just don't think that I have very good hair. So, and I, and the other thing is, is that because it doesn't air dry nicely, I need to blow dry it or use a curling iron in order to get it to look nice. So I feel like, like it I, takes you two seconds to It blow takes dry. me two seconds, but Which I have envy over that. But it I, takes me like an hour. I feel like I damage it more. Okay. So on, I saw this online somewhere. I want to say it was in the Facebook group for the Fat Mascara podcast. Somebody was asking about what they could do to help repair their hair. And if you know me, probably like every six months, I declare that I'm in hair rehab and that I'm not using any heat tools on my hair and that I'm going to wash it less frequently and I'm going to do all these things. And it lasts like two weeks because I hate having bad hair. And then I keep damaging my hair. So anyway, somebody recommended this thing. It's called Olaplex. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. My old hair, my old colorist used to make me use it because that was when my hair was super, super blonde. Well, so there's a salon treatment that they give you with your hair dye, but they also have an at home one. That's like kind of just like a, a mask basically. And they sell it at Sephora. It's like $28. So I did it last week and I actually noticed a huge difference. Like my ends were really fried and it, it, took a lot of the frizz out of my hair and it really worked. So I've only used it once. I'm going to keep using it once a week, but I'm like pretty obsessed with this. I feel like this might be like the shortcut cheat way to like do hair rehab without having to like skip the hot tools or like not wash my hair. So I'm pretty into that. Are you using a heat protectant by the way? Because if you're sometimes, sometimes, yeah, that'll really help. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, it's not my obsession, but I wanted to give an update. A few episodes ago, I was talking about how my favorite mascara for day-to-day got discontinued. So I've been trying so many different mascaras. Uh, You gave me one from Flower Beauty, which was like, it was pretty good. Um, I bought this Kevin Aquan one, which I really, really like, but I had a really hard time getting it off. So I feel like net net, I maybe did more damage to my eyelashes trying to like scrub it off than the fact that they looked awesome. So one of our listeners actually works in PR at Elizabeth Arden, and she sent me her favorite mascara that they have. It's their Grand Entrance Mascara, which has the plastic brush that I like. Oh. And I actually really liked it. It's not quite a day-to-day formula for me, so I think I would more so wear it for a night out. Okay. But I really liked it, and I... That's a brand that I don't usually shop from. I don't think I would have picked it up on my own, but I was really impressed with it. Yeah. They've got like a few really good culty products that I like. Well, I love eight hour cream. Yes. That's yes. my, in the winter, I have super yeah. dry skin and I, I live for that. Yeah. But then, um, I think my winning mascara for day to day is the Glossier one that it's you were so talking good. about last week. It's so good. Yeah. I bought it. I, 
was like, I don't know. I'm always distrustful of things when there's so much hype around them. I completely agree. And honestly, I'm going to say something mean right now. All of the models in the campaign photos, like on social media and an email, they looked, their lashes looked so busted. Like they did not look great. Yeah. What sold me was real women showing me. Yeah, like Olivia. Like Olivia, yeah. Like real women showing it on their social media, what their eyelashes looked like because the campaign images were not great, but I actually am really into it. I've been using it for a few days now. I think I'm wearing it right now, but, um, like it's I give really it an good. A. It also doesn't flake off or feather at all. Yeah. Like I actually, this is not something I can know. I was really tired the other night and I didn't wash my face before bed but I woke up and my lashes still looked exactly the same. Like usually there'll be like some smudging or like something going on underneath my eye. There was nothing. Wow. It passed a sleep test, which is not a test I recommend conducting. Wow. Yeah. What about you? What are you obsessed with? Oh my God. So there's this new body wash that Grace. I am just like, I'm totally kidding. I did that just to fuck with you. Um, I was going to say, should we, we just to say fuck? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um, I was going to be like, we should have just named this the body wash hour yeah, or something. Could have, that could have been our rebrand. Actually, guys, I was just, so we're at Grace's apartment right now. I was just in her, I was using in the bathroom before we started recording. She has like nine body washes. Like yeah, she, there's three new ones in there that I'm testing. Great. I don't like them. I'm okay. going to give them to friends. Okay. But it's good to have variety. Okay. So what are you actually obsessed with? So I don't know if you guys remember last week, one of my highs was this meeting I had with Space NK where it was like, it was like a career fair of brands and every single brand was handing something out to try. So I've been trying all of these amazing new beauty products. But one line that I've always really liked is Clark's Botanicals. They have this eye serum that I love. Um, oh, and then, that's the one that you mentioned a long time ago where yeah. you said it basically like vacuums the bags yeah. out from under your eyes. It has this like white ceramic applicator and you just like kind of like, it's kind of like you're like dicing your under eye bag. <laughs> like... I'm doing this motion right now at Becca, but it's amazing. It's the, I think it's the retinol rescue one. So they, um, they sent me a bunch of products. I got to meet them. I got to meet their founder, Francisco. He's incredible. So he suffered a spinal cord injury and was actually paralyzed. And so his, his skin reacted to that by stopping sweating. So he wasn't sweating any of the toxins out and he got really sick and, um, his skin was all messed up. And so he actually, consulted his father who is a doctor and they started this skincare line together which like is oh, pretty awesome so interesting and the whole line is super clean and the original projects products were based all around jasmine oil you can read up on it online like he's done a ton of interviews but i found it fascinating and i met him and his skin looked amazing but i met i met their whole team and they were like so grateful because i'd put the, the moisture mask on my stories a bunch of times because i use it like at least once a week um and they sent me some new things. So I'm right now I'm testing the Retinol Rescue Serum, not eye serum, just the main serum, which I'm really liking so far. And then there's um, a few other face masks that I'm trying. So I'm going to put all of those on my blog. But basically this line, I just am obsessed with everything they make. It's a great clean like slash green skincare brand. And their prices, like they're, it's not cheap but it's not super expensive. I love that. I feel like it's really hard to find natural beauty products that actually do the work 
Yes, it's it's very. I'd say it's pretty high tech, and also the packaging is really pretty, which like that, it's always nice when it looks good on your. I vanity. like good packaging. I'm a yeah. snob for that. Yeah. What about our Instagram accounts? What are you loving on Instagram? So an account that I am obsessed with is called Dressed to Match, and it kind of combines my two greatest loves, which would be fashion and art. So every um, Instagram is it's all like user generated content that they regram is like. Someone standing in front of a painting or a mural, like kind of in an outfit that matches it. And there's just tons of color and it's really creative and fun and it always like really leaves me feeling inspired. Ooh. What about you? Okay. So mine is, it, it's a pretty big account, but I noticed that you're not following it. So maybe Ooh. this is just yeah, for I don't you in particular. This. So my favorite is comments by celebs and basically they just screen cap celebrities writing comments on other celebrities Instagram photos oh my god and they're hilarious I think they're their top two are probably Chrissy Teigen and John Mayer who are both really active commenting on other people's Instagrams oh and maybe Andy Cohen from Bravo okay oh my god they it's hilarious they have really good content I like die for it so i I noticed that you weren't following it, and I think you needed to. I was going to, like, tag oh, you in the other funny. night. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Like, Mick Jagger leaving leaving um, <laughs> dad, like, comments on his son's. It's funny. They do the work. Yeah. Like, it must not be easy to to find all of these. But yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I, like, laugh out loud at most of their posts. It's really funny. Oh, God. These are funny. Wait. So what else are you reading? So... I'm currently reading To All the Boys I've Loved, which is our book for next week. But before that, I fin- I just finished up reading Next Year in Havana. So, Which is different from Waiting for Snow in Havana, yes. which is another Cuba-themed so book So I kind of have a thing when I go somewhere that I get really obsessed with. I have to like watch every documentary about it, read a ton of books about it. I like want to just immerse myself into like every element of it. So wait, what is next year in Havana? So it's historical fiction and I would liken it to like kind of like The Dollhouse, which is another one of my favorite oh. books or The Address, like all of Fiona Davis's books in that it alternates perspective between two women in um, during the Cuban Revolution and then present day. So I loved it. You would like it. There's two love stories. Okay. There is... Um, you, it, the way that she describes Havana is, like, so spot on and, like, made me feel really nostalgic. Um, I read it on the plane ride home. And it's just, like, very well written. Um, but there's, like, two love stories. There's, like, a, a couple different little mysteries that unwind. It's a good one. I okay. highly recommend it. All right. Like I'll three different readers DM'd me and told me I had to read it before I left for my trip. Oh, well, if you're done with it, I'll steal it when I leave here. No, I have to give it to someone else. Oh, fine. Sorry. I'll buy it. <laughs> um, so I've actually done a ton of reading since I've been off from work. So I read To All the Boys I've Loved Before for next week's book club, which I really liked. I thought it was really cute. And last week we were talking about how there are no good YA protagonists. And I liked this one. I She didn't have doesn't know she's pretty syndrome. So I liked that a lot. Then I read I Have Lost My Way by Gail Foreman. And she she wrote the books If I Stay that I think it turned into a movie too. She writes these like, they're all kind of like emotional, like they're really sad books. But I, I saw that she had a new one, so I picked that up and I read it. It was sad, but it was very good. 
Um, and then I wanted to detox from that. And I, I picked up this book called my Oxford year by Julia Whelan. And I thought it was going to be just one of my like British rom-coms, like light read really easy. And, um, I got halfway through and there's a twist and it's actually heartbreaking as well. So I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I want you to know that it's not like just a straight up British rom-com because I got super surprised. I stayed up on, I guess it was Monday night reading it. I stayed up late. I was sobbing. So I'm an easy crier. Take that as you will. But like, I did not realize this was going to be a sad book. Oh, okay. Well, I won't read it then. But it was good. It was very good. Okay. I liked it a lot. So if you are reading along with us for our book club, um, next week we're going to be reading To All the Boys I Loved Before by Jenny Han, which was our listener's choice book that we crowdsourced on Instagram. It's super cute. It's about this girl um, who writes these love notes to all of her crushes that she uses to like, get over them and they accidentally get mailed to all of the boys that she's had a crush on. So they all find out and suddenly she goes from having no love life to having like all of these like romantic interests. It's very cute. So that's our next book. Grace, do you want to tell everyone all of our new social media handles again and where they can find us? (laughs) Yeah. So it's bad on paper podcast on Instagram Um, We have renamed the Facebook group to be Bad on Paper Podcast. Um, We have our email address, which is badonpaperpodcast at gmail.com, and our website, which is also Bad on Paper Podcast. And Becca, what can everyone do? They can leave us a rating, which we're feeling sorry for ourselves. So this week of all weeks, we would really appreciate it. Help us feel better. And help us get our new name out there. Uh, you can also take a screenshot of you listening to our podcast and put it on your Instagram story, which is actually a great way for other people to discover us. Yes, exactly. And if you want to follow Grace or I, you can follow me on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I'm at Grace Atwood. And I think that's all we have for you today. So we'll be back next week with our book club episode. Yes. And in the meantime, we'll see you on the internet. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.